When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breakfast with Gary and Tim. Oh, it's nice to uh, have a had a chat to Patrick Dangerfield, who's um, he's also involved in the world of fishing that we enjoy. And uh, Sammy Edmonds just joined us as well. Who th- I don't know if you, you are you a fisherman, Sammy? Not at all, Gary. But I was shocked to hear that you seem to really yeah. know what you know your way around everything there. You had pr- you had prawns on your uh, pizza at the weekend, though. You you right yes. into your fishing, you aren't you? Can't see yourself. They may have been of the frozen variety, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, they were delicious. Hey, a lot of people don't believe you know anything about fishing. I'm going to fire a question, you, okay? Oh, well, just to test, not, just to a, test your knowledge. It's not my fish. Well, I could do a fishing thing, but it's not my fishing time now. Okay, what do you use to catch? What sort of bait do you use to catch whiting? I go with a running sinker rig. <laughs> Okay, what or about a single dropper rig with a circle hook? And okay. don't forget the whiting got a very small mouth, so don't use a too big a hook. They got a small little bit of tiny little gob. So a they? lot of people make a mistake and go with a big hook, right? So, for a nice whiting, and if you want to get a big boat whacker, big fish, small mouth. That's a great tip. What about just quickly, too, before we get to Sammy, the best bait for tuna? What oh, do you... I go live bait, live, yep, live bait, um, maybe thread fin hang. A, a what? A thread, a thread fin herring, probably. I'd go with a little wriggler. Yeah, a little wriggler, or right. maybe even a yellow eyed mullet. Have they got big mouths uh, or small mouths? Doesn't matter because they're going to get eaten by a big, big tuna. Good point. Thanks. Hey, Sammy, what's going on? I've missed this. I really have. But good to be with you nice both. Nice to be with you. Well done mm. on your Clarkson story. I heard that last Thursday as we departed, and I thought, sheesh. That's a big story. Well, I heard the whispers. You better be right. Yesterday. <laughs> and uh, we'll get to that in a moment. I actually wanted to start with uh, the former AFL field umpire, Michael Pell. Now, it's been more than five months since the Brownlow. It's been more than three months since Michael Pell was arrested on November 14 over suspicious Brownlow betting. Now, he was arrested by detectives from the Victoria Police Sporting Integrity Intelligence Unit for allegedly sharing information on which players you'll remember, would receive votes in specific matches last year, including matches that he was involved in. He was interviewed for more than five hours after his arrest on suspicions that he engaged in conduct that corrupts or would corrupt a betting outcome. Now, others were quizzed in relation to the offence of using corrupt conduct information for betting purposes. But here we are, more than three months on, and there's still no charges laid. Now, my understanding is that police were convinced that upon seizing Pell's phone and the relevant communication devices that a, a smoking gun would be found in group messages or in photos or in notes or a voice message, but I'm told that wasn't the case. And initially, police thought it was a corruption case. So one of influencing the votes with umpires straight after games, but this was quickly put to bed as fantasy. So the initial allegation so was no, that, So when you say corruption, like to say, I'm going to give this bloke votes because we're going to bet on him. In opposed... real time. So not that the other umpires were aware of it, but he was actively influencing those votes for the purposes of corrupting the outcomes. Well, that was that was pretty yeah. quickly thrown out as fantasy. So the allegation was that he was engaged in conduct that corrupts or would corrupt the betting outcome regarding the Brownlow. So specifically round-by-round voting. Now, the other umpires have been interviewed and their evidence has been that Pell wasn't guilty of any improper conduct conduct as far as they were concerned. So it's a sharing of information what's being investigated by police. So the bets at the centre of the investigation are one thing, but my information is that there were many other bets laid by those men on the Brownlow and many missed. So it's not like they nailed five holes in one 
and made off into right. the night with a sack of cash. So will that be difficult to prove? I mean, the AFL was surprised by the arrest. They were caught off guard. I'm not sure they were brought into the tent. And there are some people now at AFL House just growing a little bit concerned over the case. Not that he was sacked officially. He resigned, or perhaps more accurately, he was made to resign. So... So it's, the recourse they're worried about. It, it, well, he was forced out of the game, wasn't he? He was. He was. Well, his position became yeah. untenable by the end. So he's not working at all, I'm told. He's a teacher by trade. He's obviously not umpiring at any level at the moment. He's basically hiding away, to the best of my knowledge, to protect himself from these well, allegations. And we've been now – these things take time, we know that. Does. But we're, they came in so hot, and we're now more than three months on and, and still nothing. If he had nothing to worry about then, like if he was absolutely clean – then he would have said, well, knock yourselves out. I won't be stepping aside. Yeah, well, I'm not privy to the exact conversations of what well, that would I don't be like know at that AFL House. I'm just assuming. Um, but I, I think it's not hard to imagine that in that situation, whether you think you're completely innocent or not, it just becomes untenable to hold that position. So the, just as an aside, the other thing with the Brownlow itself, so obviously it's an unusual event in the sense that you, you, people are betting on something they already know the outcome. It's already known. So normally, of course, with live betting via the app, you can't do it. Yeah, people would know. Mm. You have to call up, make a phone call. But the Brownlow, you can live bet in the app because it's classified as a television event and not a sporting event. So the Australian Communications and Media Authority last December found that the Brownlow is not an in-play betting service under the Interactive Gambling Act of 2001. So mm. there's so much money changing yeah. hands in real time on the Brownlow because you can bet on it just so easily through the app because it's classified as a, a TV event. Uh, the Cats looked great at uh, last week. Uh, was it Friday or Thursday? Thursday they yep. played uh, that game against Hawthorne and uh, Jack Henry actually played up forward. Looked all right too, up forward. He did. And alongside he... his brother, Ollie. Um, but he is injured. He and is. It's a bit of a concern too, this injury. It is. It's a nasty one. So the scans have shown that he's got a fractured metatarsal. Now I'm told it's the fifth metatarsal. So that's the, the bone connecting, and Gary would know this, yep. uh, the ankle to the little toe, which as Gary would also know, is considered the most problematic, you know, lack mm. of blood flow slow of to the heal. metatarsals. Yeah. How many metatarsals? Most. If this is the fifth, how many are there, Gary? Five. You're not going to plead the fifth? <laughs> no. So they've been everywhere to consult specialists on this. So there's so many um, variables when it comes to a foot injury, which you touched on earlier. You know, Is it a complete fracture? Is it partial? Where is it on the foot? Is it closer mm. to the toe? Is it closer to the ankle? It's called a Jones fracture. So um, it's something that's delicate. And given his history when it comes to... Um, you know, foot injuries, that's another added layer of complexity for the Cats and also for Jack Henry. So I think um, they'll provide some more clarity on it in the next day or two, but he's been everywhere to consult specialists and the like. So he's not going to play for a period of time. Might be um, more than opportune that they did get his brother in the end who looked absolutely fantastic in their practice match. He did indeed. Well, well Jack himself, it looks as though he was going to play forward. He spent a lot of the summer pre- yep. preparing to play forward. Tom Hawkins, of course, has got his own foot issue. Hey, just, just on Ollie Henry, just take us back to – the reasons why he wanted to get out of Collingwood. Well, I think he just wanted to play. I mean, he wasn't getting picked in Collingwood's side. Uh, Collingwood have got a lot of pieces in that puzzle, players around a similar pay band, if you like. And I know a lot of players chose to stay, and Jack mm. Ginevan's one of those who perhaps could definitely command more money elsewhere. Yeah. Jack Henry wasn't playing, wanted to play. There was interest from Geelong. And then once he had his head turned by the Cats, and we know the sales pitch they yeah. deliver... Um, did they a, fight really hard to keep him Collingwood, Collingwood at the absolutely. time? They did. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It went down they, they, to the dying minutes too, yeah, didn't it? It, it? it went down to the final. Because he's a super talent. Yeah, but he's, Potentially he's for gonna, whatever reason, wasn't playing. And there's a lot said around what, you know, and this is where it's Johnson hard for us. Boy, what, was it either one? Was it, um, 
Ash. Ash Johnson he's came, the one in. That came in. Yeah. Sort of pinchy and spot. That's a lot right. of competition in that part of the ground. At, mm. at, and then um, they went and drafted. Well, Bobby they went Hill. after McStay as well. Like he doesn't play the same role as a Bobby Hill. Does. No, he doesn't. But then just coming back to Ginevan, now Ginevan's lost his spot for reasons we know. He doesn't really Bobby play Hill the same in. role. He doesn't play the same role as a Ginevan though either. Like he's bigger than a Ginevan. Anyway, he's a great for Collingwood. The, the, the competition is fantastic. There's still only so many spots in that front hey, half, isn't there? Can we ask you about uh, Castagna retirement? There's a lot of messages coming through to say. What's it mean? How would Quentin Narkle be feeling? Yeah. Did the whole preseason got cut at the you know at the death? Is there recourse for him or not? No. So no. certainly shocks plenty, doesn't it? I mean, at 26 years of age, you walk away from a career that started you know as a rookie pick in 2015 ends with three premierships. So just a lot of people get on Jason Castagna's back. He did in that glory run featured in 92 of 95 games. And he and Dustin Martin were the only Richmond players to boot 25 goals or more in each of 17, 18, and 19. So he was a consistent performer over that time. He just lost the passion. He just lost the drive for it. I guess that, that um, you know, the, the demands physically to recover, to prepare. He'd been thinking about retirement for some time. I'm told he told the club about a week or so ago, in fact, he did want to walk away. And the club said, well, maybe go away and have a think about mm. things. Don't rush to a decision. But he came back and said, no, nah, I've lost the appetite to, to train and prepare. So the cup is completely full, as you can understand. But as you say, you worry about, you wonder about the timing of these things. So two weeks after the, the SSP mm. deadline, so lists are now completely set. So Richmond will have to wait now, even if they want to fill this position until mid-season. Right. They, they, they gave the spot to Caelan Bradkey, who's yep. a, a tall forward out of the Ovens of Moly with yep. Corowa Rutherglen, instead of Quentin Narkle. So Quentin Narkle may well be sitting there thinking, well, Geez, I'm someone who could at least play a similar sort of role, mm. and I've been overlooked. Now he's gone and signed, um, I think, VFL at Essendon, Essendon hasn't he? Yeah. So what might have been for Quentin mm. Narkle, but the, when the time's up, I suppose the time is up. Yeah, I admire Jason Castagna at 26 years of age for being honest enough with himself to say, I can't, yeah. I haven't got the burning, burning desire. Mm. I probably could have faked my way through maybe another 10 or 15 games, but I think it's a I, I respect the decision enormously. Just a fishing update too from Chris out there, Point Cook. Uh, since all that information you gave across the airwaves about tuna fishing, the numbers are improving as we speak no, out there <laughs> in the bay. Well, my other Chris, my other fishing mate, Chris in Batemans Bay, he reckons you pump, go pumping for, for fresh pippies. I do that as well. You what, pump the fresh pippies? Yeah, for whiting. How do you pump it? With a pump. You go along the beach, see little holes, pump, pump, go and get your pippies, bang. Right, you and they float up, do they, the That's pippies? It. That's it. That's amazing. Oh, that's bullshit. What sort of a pump do you use? Pippy pump. What else you got, uh, Phil? I reckon if you've got the ways and the means, you do worse than kicking back today to watch the last day of this second test between New Zealand and England at the base. What time does it start? I'm not sure. But from Three looking one-sided, yep. when England obviously asked the Kiwis to bat yep. again on Saturday, this has got the potential to be something superb on the fifth day. So a tricky target for the baseball phenomenon, chasing a seventh consecutive Test match win, 11th of their last 12. They're, they're one front 48, chasing another 210 for victory. So really looking oh, for that And we know they're going to go. session. We know that the English oh, go are going to go hell for leather out. They could have it done by lunch. They might do because the wicket's really flattened out over there, looking like an absolute green monster. Now it looks like a road. Hey, Craig Bellamy last night on NRL 360 as well said, in fact, there were no guarantees Ryan Pappenhaus and your man, the Pap, would return to the game at all this year. So what? the Storm coach said that the star fullback's recovery from a shattered kneecap had been, he used the phrasing, a lot slower than everyone mm. thought, despite, as we know, the Pap getting over to uh, to Bill Knowles, the reconditioning guru in the US. So Storm have already said he'll miss the first six to eight weeks. But then Craig Bellamy last night on Fox saying there's no certainty of a return at all. 
at this all year. this season. He said there was a chance that he might not return this season. That's clearly wow. doomsday scenario, but that shows you where, the, where they're he at. He probably doesn't want everybody asking him the same question week in, week out, though. That's the other part. To that. <laughs> a very real chance of that as well. Hey, I'm sure you did yesterday. You may, were you on here yesterday? I was. Um, the first little round of those match sim type setups. Mm. How did you like it? West reckons it's the greatest waste of time ever. You won. You of the Chris Scott variety, but straight into the home and away season rather than these little pracky matches. I, I think it should be like a movie trailer the preseason. So you get like a, a minute and a half the best bits of a, a movie, and then that just sort of whets your appetite to go and watch it. Go it and should play be for a, as it is a yeah. half quarter, not the eight periods that we saw down at uh, Geelong and Hawthorne. It's a bit long, isn't it? A little bit long the eight periods. Well, got through. Um, we're yes. looking for the outrageous cut through because. The Wisman Eye on Tuesday, everything's been done. We've got to try and find something that can get some cut through. We've mm-hmm. thrown a few up, wow. a few, um, a few uh, sort of headline grabbers up that haven't really what about this one? taken hold. So Jack Henry's obviously injured. Now, I'd like to think when Tom Hawkins did come back into that side, Jack would go back and play down back and do what he does best where he won a premiership. But now that he's not, mm-hmm. is Asava Radigalea just about, about to become the All-Australian centre-half back? <sighs> Well, did he play at centre half back last week? Yeah, I thought he played at full back. No, no, well, well, key back. It might. I don't think that'll get picked up. No. From wanting to be traded on the trade table, nearly you're out the door, do, you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to do. He stays and Sammy, totally reinvents himself. You're gonna have to do better than that. Um, you pump Yabbies, <laughs> not Pippies, Gary. You get Pippies out of the sand by doing the Pippy, Pippy, Pippy twist. They That's call what it. I said one arm bandits. They called. What do you mean the one arm? Like little Yabby with one arm. No, you twist your feet in the sand, and that. Means the pippies pop well, you, up. Well, you do. I don't. I do it differently to you. Uh, Fieldy, thank you. What's on for the rest it's of the day? It's illegal, apparently, to pump pippies <laughs> as well. That's another text that just come through. What, what's on for the rest Joining of the day? Joining Jared Waitley at uh, 10.40. Looking forward to that. And then uh, the bit of pipe action later on with Dwayne Russell. So. Lovely. Every, every time I hear your voice, mm. I pull over. Normal get... service resumes. So it's good to be with you both. Great to see you, my friend. You pull hey. over and adjust the radio, don't you? I pull over, get my pen and paper <laughs> out, and I start oh, yeah. to take some notes. Yeah. On your way to... That golf trip. That's when you start listening to uh, Danger and his podcast. One fishing. One, I never miss it. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Lines are now open. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The lines are open for IMR Insurance. The uh, forty Winks temper text machines there for you. Anything you want to have a chat about? I rang our friend um, in the ad just to explain to him how this all works because he thought we were. You did. He was getting a bit angry. Did you leave a message for him or no, not? I did leave a message because mm. I didn't want to do that. But um, we we hear you and we all take yep. everything on board. So uh, give us a call now. One three hundred seven three six seven three six double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. That's mm. ridiculous time management on my behalf. 